0: Welcome to safe house. Welcome to the safe house studio. I don't know what episode this is. But welcome to safe house. I'm back. Fabulous. It's a completely safe space We to talk about whatever you want. Tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> now I can bleep shit out.
1: The mailbox is full and cannot accept any messages at this time. Goodbye.
0: Um, Is that working? Fabulous. Okay, so, welcome to Safe House. We're on a bit of a reboot this year. I've put it aside for 12 months and I'm back. And in the Safe House studio, I've got the gorgeous Ramona. Ramona Love. Hi! How are you today? Oh, I'm fabulous, thanks. How are you? I'm good. It's it's weird seeing you out of drag, because usually... (laughs) Yeah. We come to the gig in full drag, and we leave in full drag, and that is, no one sees... behind the scenes
1: behind the mask
0: well behind the femme there is more femme
1: yeah (laughs) exactly that's more accurate
0: for me anyway um so i'm going to start by saying that this is as the name says it's safe house so it's a completely safe space for you to talk about whatever you want you can bring up anything looking brilliant exactly (laughs) so first of all pronouns just so we can get them right what pronouns do you go by
1: so in and out of drag my preference is like they them Uh but um in drag i used like she her as well.
0: Fabulous, fabulous. That's probably the same for me as well, to be fair. Every single day I go by I drift further and further away from wanting to be called a man. So <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you on that one.
0: <laughs> That's usually how it goes. Okay, so just if you would tell the listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do as a creative, if you don't mind.
1: Yeah, sure thing. So I at well, my name's Ramona. I am a drag queen in Manchester and on top of that what a lot of people don't know is that i have many i was gonna say fingers in pies but i always find that visual really gross (laughs) um i i do a lot of other like artistic things so i did art at school and that's what i originally wanted to be Mm -hmm. as an artist and then I discovered music, and I went to uni for music, and I'm actually a classically trained singer. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of what I was going to go into. And then in starting, why
0: did I never know that?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, oh, I love a bit of opera, classical art song, all
0: that. We're gonna get into yeah. that a little bit later when we talk about current gigs. Yes, um, I wanted to talk about that because I had no idea. Yeah. I love, I love a drag singer. Sorry to interrupt.
1: Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> um, And then when I started doing drag, obviously, like, you need to have, well, you don't need to, but it's, it's helpful if you have like a base understanding of, you know, like costume design and like mm-hmm. making outfits. Mm-hmm. And so I started doing that and then they've all kind of like come together. Yes. Now that I feel like more of a fully fledged drag queen. Yeah.
0: I would say, I, I think, so the reason I started drag was because I was sat in my room and I was like, no one wants to hear me sing as, as Dan, like, who is going to come to a club and be like, oh, I'm going to go because this male looking person is on stage and decides to, that they can be the next Beyonce. And, and that's pretty <laughs> much like I have, a, I have a rep for singing too much Beyonce, which um, I am not going to say is a negative because she's amazing. <laughs> nah, exactly. Everyone wants to hear Beyonce. Exactly, exactly. But they don't want to... I thought that they didn't want to see me sing as as my true form without all the makeup and everything else. But I had all these, like, skills. Like, I think... I th- like to think I'm quite fashionable. I'm not like repping that right now, <laughs> but I like to think I'm quite fashionable. I've done musical theater for years. Um, I can dance, I can sing, I can act. And I was like, what are, what are all these things? What can I put that toward? And drag was, and that sounds the exact same for you. Drag just encompasses all, the, all that all shit.
1: Yeah, and musical theater as well. And drag, like uh, the intersection of those two. Oh. It's a lot closer than people think.
0: The gays love drag. The gays love musical theater, put them together. Exactly you've got a show you've got a show it's pretty much what I rely on okay so outside of being I mean I guess you've told me that you're a creative aside from drag what do you do when you're not Ramona on stage what do you have like a job or like do you go to uni or what are you out of uni what do you do
1: yeah so I'm in my final in my like final months of uni thank the lord oh my god I absolutely cannot wait to be out of it but um I also work as a makeup artist in uh-huh. um, the Trafford Centre.
0: In MAC, right? And
1: Yes, at MAC. Fabulous. We love a MAC girl. I live for that.
0: The discount, the discount girl.
1: Oh, the discount. <laughs> Don't even get me started.
0: <laughs> no wonder your makeup looks so nice. It's because it's completely and exclusively <gasps> MAC.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, pretty much, yeah.
0: <laughs> Fabulous. So you so you work uh, in, in MAC and are you able to kind of like mesh? I mean, like a normal job, like normal job in quotation marks but i feel like a makeup artist is quite like there's quite an intersection there between drag so are you able to do bits of Definitely. drag in work or
1: yeah so um interestingly something that we started doing is like every payday weekend they get what there's there's a couple of drag queens on counter and so it'll be like one of us or some of us will come in in drag and kind of like host the counter, if that makes sense. Okay. Um, just to get people coming in, get people intrigued. And there's usually some kind of promotion going alongside with it.
0: That's a bit queer. I like. Yeah, that. exactly. I also find that the queerness and uh, the queer like community used to be quite. I mean, in my time, it's kind of been mostly open now and, and and everything. But it obviously used to be a little bit more, a little bit more closed, and we kind of kept ourselves to ourselves. But I feel like after the panny D. <laughs> The the Susies and the Susans, they just absolutely love us. <laughs> so I feel like the, yeah. the 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 our world is kind of like meshed with what we could maybe call like the the popular culture world.
1: Definitely. I okay, so I think the internet has a huge amount to do with it because mm-hmm. when you think about like queer kids mm-hmm. who don't necessarily have access to those queer spaces because unfortunately a lot of them are reserved for adults. Correct. Um, they like their space is the internet. Mm-hmm. So the internet is, I think, a very queer space. Absolutely. And then during lockdown, people were spending all their time on like TikTok, Instagram, um, YouTube, consuming media like that, and mm-hmm. got more and more access to like the queer world. Mm-hmm. And so for them it's now part of their normal. Well, more so than it was beforehand, I think.
0: Yeah, that's true. I would say, though, is that like, although, because I think TikTok was a massive thing because it kind of blew up, it came at the right time when the pandemic was happening and, and everyone was kind of, I think everyone got a lot more creative during the pandemic or whatever. I don't want to talk on that too much because we're, we're out of it now and we're, we're working again. Exactly, exactly. But there's there's no like guarantee that just because the kids are now having a lot more access to it and are experiencing the queerness a lot more, there's no like guarantee that the adults are going to enjoy it as much. So it's amazing that that's happened. Obviously, it comes with its downfalls. Yeah. But in, in general, it's nice to see the queerness be spread around a little bit, I think.
1: Definitely. And especially when people come into those spaces um, immediately recognising, I don't want to say recognising their place like as a pecking order. But no, no. when non-queer people come into queer spaces, there can... Sometimes be that kind of awkward moment of like figuring everything out
0: it's the respect level, I think
1: yeah, exactly. when people treat it like they're going to the zoo, and it 's a bit like, okay, everyone here is also a person, this is yeah, you know I, I think it's exactly like you said it's about yeah. respect, and I think I'm seeing more and more of like that respect from people living in like the heteronormative world when they step into the queer world, it's kind of like taking everything in and enjoying it but not overstepping their
0: boundaries yeah there is a really I think there's a really fine balance as well because sometimes I feel like I'm asking a bit too much of people because there's I want to say on one side and the other but there's more than one side to it so when I have people coming in if I'm on stage you enjoy and you clap and you cheer and you love it great (laughs) I mean that's what I expect when I'm performing enjoy the performance get involved but also at the same time there's this thing where I don't want to be treated like a dancing monkey as well. So when I'm performing, I'm performing for money. Say I'm on the street, like when I'm walking up and down, I don't want people to ask me to do things that, that they wouldn't ask the normal person to do just because I've decided to express my identity a certain way. Yeah,
1: I think something that I've learned definitely from the mean streets of Gay Village <laughs> um, is that I I know what my boundaries are and i'm a lot more in touch with them now and i also know what is a valid thing to say to someone and i i think beforehand i would have like second guessed myself a lot if i'd like said no to someone who wanted a photo or if someone was putting their arm around me and i didn't like it i would have like second guessed the whole time whereas now like if someone oversteps one of my boundaries i know exactly what is a reasonable reaction and i stand by what those reasonable reactions are, and I think a lot of people aren't used to being told no because it's just sort of expected that everyone will follow each other's social codes perfectly and no one will ever slip up or need to be told no. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like their their reaction to being told is told no is like, oh well, that was really rude. And it's like, no, I was just reinforcing a boundary, and that's reasonable. That's true.
0: I think I think that's what it is as well. Is a lot of people don't they don't like being told no, and I think because. Obviously, as you said, it's it's only it's adults mainly that we interact with in the nightlife scene, and when you're an adult, you know don't have to answer to anyone. But when there's a conflict of social codes, to use your phrase, when there's a, a conflict of what they're used to and what they're actually experiencing, and they get it wrong, I think it's having that ability to accept that you're wrong and kind of be like, okay, that's fine. Next time I come, I will act in this way apologize for this now i've learned you've told me but people don't and obviously when they're drunk it, it's harder as well yeah but it's having that ability to take the information in to kind of correct it in your head and then act on that the next time yeah cuz we're not horrible people we just want you to like respect the space you're in
1: oh absolutely basically. well that's something else that i found um as well since like when i started working in the village i was drinking and that's now something that i don't do anymore and it's not out of like any kind of, you know, there were like bad experiences or anything like that. It just, I found that it just suits me more. Uh-huh. And especially working nightlife, it gives me like the clarity that I need, which gets rid of any anxiety of like, oh, did I make the right decision just then? If someone does overstep a boundary, I am I have a completely clear mind yeah. to say like, no.
0: Yeah. I think it takes away that because i've done the exact same which is really strange Ah, oh, props to you i know it's only been i do i, I, I i'm not like sober so i was talking mm-hmm. to my siblings the other day so my brother's 30th and i was like oh i'm gonna get really drunk tonight because i'm gonna have i haven't drank for ages so i'm gonna have like a couple glasses of wine and am gonna be off my face <laughs> and he was like oh are you like are you breaking sobriety and i was like no it's it's not i'm not a this or that kind of person i don't it's a very, like, non-binary way of thinking. Exactly. I'm not drinking or not drinking. I just... There's spaces where I'm able to perform more and able to keep in touch with my senses more when I'm not drinking. So I would rather do that in those spaces and very keep very professional. I don't know whether that's going to come off the right way.
1: No, no. I, I completely <laughs> understand what you're saying because it's yeah. not that you're saying that it's unprofessional to drink. It's just when you think about it, like we happen, it's very like normalized in our line of work that you can kind of drink in your workplace. Yeah. Um, and that's something that, you know, is again, something that like people who are not part of that world would find very strange potentially. Yeah. But, um, it's kind of the same with any nightlife job, mm-hmm. but I, I completely get what you mean. It's something that you can feel more professional about doing without like judging other people. If yeah. that makes sense. Yeah,
0: I agree. I agree. So, let me jump back a little bit mm-hmm. and I wanted to talk a little bit about how and why you started drag I always have a little stalk before before I start podcasting whatever um I've been following you for a while I can't actually remember how we met I think it was in the village yeah um, must have been Instagram probably I've been following you before I actually set eyes on you <laughs> so how did you actually start was it a lot lock- were you a lockdown queen or so
1: I dabbled in drag for like ages. And it was always like Halloween costume parties. I was like, let's cross dress. Classic. Um, (laughs) Exactly. And I think it was just I wasn't. And this is no shade to like the environment that I was in or the people who I was around at the Mm -hmm. time. But I think before moving to Manchester, I wasn't in an environment that was conducive to me expressing it, fully expressing myself. Yeah, I think in terms of my own safety, it was like best that I sort of like
0: Kept it occasional.
1: Yeah, exactly. And then I started realising that, like, okay, this is something I want to do. And then I did one gig before lockdown, then spent the entirety of the lockdown being like, right, I'm going to emerge, like, this fully-fledged drag queen who's got, like, amazing makeup, incredible outfits. Uh And that didn't quite happen in (laughs) the lockdown, but I like to think that, you know, going out in the village more. And that's another interesting thing is that, like, before working in drag I never really went out to any like queer venues no and I think that's something that I'm very grateful for is that not only do I get to experience queer venues as I get to be I get to really like be a part of them I get to know the people Mm -hmm. and like be a part of the community
0: a little bit on that is I found since working because I've had experience before kind of went to Canal Street so Canal Street is for the benefit of the listeners yeah we both work on canal street and that's where we kind of do our thing and our little safe space that we've got i've been out in (sighs) canal street maybe like two or three times before i went to uni the difference between going out in a queer venue and working in a queer venue is so different yes i now find myself not wanting to go out if i'm not getting paid (laughs) yeah yeah how do you feel about that now i've got to my point (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think it very much
1: depends for me. Filthy Gorgeous on a Tuesday at the Brewers, absolutely like one of my favorite nights out. But every now and again, if I've found that like out of drag, I really struggle with how I'm perceived by others and how I dress is like a major part of that. I find it a lot easier dressing myself for a night out when I'm in drag. So if there's, you know, a theme that comes around where I'm like, oh, I have an outfit that might work then you know going in drag for me feels easier to have a good time because I'm not constantly worrying about like how other people are perceiving me and I'm hoping that's something that I grow out of over time like worrying about what other people think but unfortunately where I am right now it is something that still kind of affects me
0: yeah but I would I would argue that it is quite interesting that I'm in a kind of limbo situation where I used to be really confident as as um I mean I was I'm now non-binary, but wasn't at the time. So when I used to go out as a boy, I was really confident and I used to tan. I used to have a like a, a skin fade and I used to wear basically nothing, which is what I do in drag now. And I've kind of come to this place where I think drag is taking over. I still feel like I'm on, I'm being judged or I've got people watching me and, and kind of commenting on what I'm wearing in drag, but definitely Dan has taken the hit. And it's gone down on the other side in the sense of I now don't feel confident going out without all of Poppy's extravagancies. Yeah. So I feel like it's gone the other way. And I don't know, is there a balance?
1: Well, I mean, one thing that I've noticed, and this is just for me personally, and it might be entirely in my head, but prior to identifying as non-binary and potentially changing the way I present myself to feel more authentic to me, I would... I like really conformed to this idea of like masculinity within the gay community. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that back then I would on a night out and again, I was drinking then. So maybe I was more confident in like approaching people or having people approach me, Mm -hmm. but there was rarely a night where I wasn't getting attention from people Mm -hmm. or just getting off with a random person. Yeah. And then now, going back at, like after lockdown and everything, like feeling more like myself and presenting myself how I want to, I've noticed that attention has completely dried up. Yeah. And again, it might be to do with the energy that I'm giving off. Maybe people can kind of pick up on the fact that I'm not necessarily happy with how I'm being
0: perceived or whatever. But um, So if you go out without being in drag. Yeah. Because you, you don't mean in drag, you mean out of drag. Out of drag. You go out and, and you have found that you get a lot less attention. Definitely.
1: Because I think... In drag, like, no one really knows what you look like underneath all that. True. You can kind of hide behind it a little bit and put on this, like, facade of confidence. Yeah. I mean, mean, for me, it's not really a facade. I do genuinely feel confident when I'm in drag. Good. But out of drag, it's just you. Yeah. And people can see you and they can, like, judge you. And so that's the kind of anxious cycle of thinking that goes through my brain and i'm just i don't know it is definitely something that plays in my mind that i think that there are expectations for how you present yourself. yeah when it comes to being a amab or mask presenting or anything that's not anything that is God, oh no i'm struggling with what i'm trying to say it's a, um, it's a,
0: such a difficult concept and i i feel that feeling both in and out of drag more so out out of yeah. drag but um because there's definitely expectations on drag queens to to look a certain way and um and to act a certain way and do certain performances um and I think I need to give myself and I think you should give yourself more credit as well for for, for just being able to to balance the two. I think it's very easy and I, I it's something I'm working on actively. I, I found at the very beginning when I first started working a, a year ago now that I was either putting all my time into Dan or I was putting all my time into Poppy and the other one the the other respective identity was suffering and I'm on this active journey of not even making them one unit and one entity because they are and I feel like we can fall into the trap of I can hide behind this and this is a mask and when I haven't got it on I'm not the same person but like realistically we are yeah and for me I can speak for myself that everything that poppy is is me yeah and it's it's just that i've got a full face of makeup on and at the very beginning my makeup was shit and i still had all the confidence so why now because the makeup is better am i separating the two and keeping them separate when in fact like i should be celebrating both sides equally because they they act as one definitely does that make sense, does that make sense? yeah
1: yeah yeah completely yeah. And I think it's interesting because I in like big crowds of people when I'm like going out not in drag I can like be a little bit more reserved. Uh-huh. But I've noticed that if I'm in an environment where I'm comfortable I am a lot more outspoken um and confident within myself because I think because of drag. Yeah. Um I know I definitely act differently when I'm out of drag. Not like I'm putting anything on. I just think it's brought out parts of me that were definitely like beneath the surface beforehand
0: and they're things that you're respected for you do things and people love you for it and then you have this confidence as a result you've not done anything that isn't you you're just showing people things that you knew about yourself that they didn't definitely you're confident because of yourself and what you've done
1: it is interesting because again it's one of these like gray areas where you can't Like, I definitely can't definitively say I am more confident or less confident because of drag. Mm -hmm. It has definitely brought out more confident sides of me if I'm in an environment where I feel comfortable. But at the same time, like, because of the personal journey I've gone on, whether it's, you know, to do with or separate from drag, I can't really, like, say whether I am definitively more or less of a confident person.
0: Uh, Right. We'll move on. (laughs) Because I could talk all day about that. Yeah. I'm going to use my favourite word, it's a dichotomy, it's drag. Oh,
1: what a brilliant word.
0: It's one of my favourite words, Miranda would have loved it, she would have. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> okay, so, uh, my next point, I wanted to ask you, since working professionally as a drag queen, picking up gigs all over the place, may I add as well, and absolutely too right, you should, has your drag changed in any way from your original objectives and intentions for your drag you've told me yourself that you're an alternative drag queen and we can talk a little bit about that later on do you think it's changed and why if it has or hasn't i mean i think it's definitely
1: changed in the sense that i'm a lot more open to doing other kinds of drag i think when i Mm -hmm. first started i mean my name i've had a couple of names but my first name was kate shrub okay and i wanted to be very like you know, long flowing hair and kind of like weird, flowy, multicolored outfits. And then I was going to be full blown like alt punk. And that's when my name was Diana Carr Crash.
0: OK, OK. Which is,
1: you know, not necessarily a name that I would choose myself now if I was choosing a name. And then I settled on Ramona after um, I rewatched Scott Pilgrim vs. The World. Okay. And it's... Just oh my god, such an incredible film, and I was like Ramona, obviously. And I think when I chose the name Ramona, it was when I settled and I started kind of being like, well, I don't really have to kind of fit a box of an aesthetic or a style. Yeah. And style and like aesthetic, and especially like performance, the numbers that you like performing is very different and it's very like fluid. I remember when I first started singing live. That's what I do. And now if I sing live, I feel like I have to justify it to myself as to like, why is this performance going to be better if I'm singing? Okay. Because I feel like now I'm a lot more in touch with my body and how I move. And I feel more confident lip syncing. Not do the splits. I can't do that, but.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We're on our way. We're on our way. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So I, I will say as well. So talking about being put in a box, I find that when, if there's any, Inkling or any kind of, if I get any kind of notion from anyone that I am this kind of queen or that kind of queen, I will immediately go way off in the other direction yeah. and be like, no, watch this. There's something, something got tweeted online. I'm going to give you a bit of tea because it's hilarious. Oh, spill the um, tea, sis. <laughs> So there was a little tweet that went round about a certain type of queen that I surround myself with in order to make money. And it wasn't the most positive of things to say and it had certain kind of connotations. I don't necessarily identify with the comment and I don't think that my drag does. And then when that happened, I actually did the opposite of what I said I would do. I then decided to do exactly what the comment was. And I was like, look at this. And I was like, I can do this. That has nothing to do with me. I'm not that kind of queen. I'm not being put in that box. But if you want to see it done, I can do it well. Absolutely. And then I continued on doing with whatever the fuck I want to do. But I just yeah. think that as soon as someone decides that I'm going to be in a box, I just, it, it, it annoys me to my very core because it, it's so close-minded in my head. Absolutely. It limits my, it limits my ability and I don't like to do that. I like to show yeah. people everything. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about, by the way?
1: Uh, yes, I do. <laughs> I do. And which is why I'll say I had a similar thing happen. And uh-huh. I, I would feel comfortable saying names. I just don't know if it would do me any favours if I did.
0: You can, I can bleep them out. Okay,
1: so in a competition setting, looked at me, dead in my eyes. Mm-hmm. And he said, as I was performing a number, as Janice from Mean Girls... on sta- You were on stage. On stage, on stage. And his critique of me was your armpit hair was really distracting and you need to get rid of it. The nerve of some people, the nerve of some people who don't do drag. (laughs) Oh oh my God. But anyway, at that stage, I was not a mustache queen. I didn't have any facial hair. And I don't know if I could have grown a mustache at the time, but I can now. (laughs) And so me growing a mustache in drag was in reaction like, it was as a result of him saying that to me. And now people know me for it. People recognize me for it. It's part of, like, my brand, yeah. my aesthetic.
0: That And I love that. I think the drag in general is a big fuck you to any kind of rules or regulations or restrictions or anything like that. So when people from within the community give me a restriction or give us a restriction, automatically I'm going to be like, yeah. absolutely not. Who are you to put me in a box? Exactly. I think, I think where my drag is now, if you've ever worked with me, you've not worked with me specifically, but any of the queens will all tell you that like, whatever shift I'm on or whatever show I'm doing or whatever, I will constantly ask them whether what I'm doing is good or whether it's right or I'm asking them, is this right? Is this right? Because genuinely, the environment that I have worked in or I've been out in or I've been online... I don't actually get that much feedback, and I I see online, I see old queens getting, like, comments and stuff. I don't know whether it's the the trajectory that my drag has taken me in, like, professionally. I don't actually get that much feedback, so I'm constantly asking people what, how I'm doing and and this and that and whatever, and when I get comments like that, it just makes me go, fuck off. Literally. Fuck off. And I need to remember that I'm like, I know, I I can see, I can see, I don't need other people. (laughs) So...
1: The reason that I like, I'm currently doing a competition uh, um, at the Brewers. I'm really appreciating the opportunity to have feedback from people because I like, especially the judges that we've had on. Like, I really respect their opinions.
0: Yeah. Let's let's talk about it. So, sure. Before before we before we do that, let me just because it's in my notes anyway. So we may as well. I'll drop the. Yeah. So you're performing in the Crown, which is yeah. a competition by Tuck Shop. Is that right? Yeah. No, it's in the Brewers. So every week they get given a theme and I think there's I think there's only eight queens left now. Seven? Seven. Seven left. So we're getting to the end. And Ramona's she's still going. She's still going strong. Just about. Go ahead. So we've had some like um judges who work in the venue and they're all well established yeah. queens, I would say, as well.
1: Yeah, so we've got um Roger and Stuart as our two uh-huh. regular judges. Bex Hill We've had Sapphire Burns, Elsa, Narcissa Nightshade as well. I really respect all of their opinions and having their feedback is not only helpful. I don't know if I would feel comfortable asking for their feedback outside of a competition environment.
0: Why is that? Do you feel the same in that you don't really get too much feedback over the queens? Yeah, um, I think... You might not feel the need to have it. I need it. I need the validation. I need to know I need to know <laughs> what I'm doing. Otherwise, I'm running around with my eyes closed.
1: Well, I think validation is different from feedback. Okay. I think validation would be asking like, oh, this looks good, doesn't it? Whereas feedback would be, how does this look? That's how I see it anyway.
0: Okay. I wouldn't be able to tell you which one it is because I can't remember.
1: <laughs> but um, if you're in like my close circle of friends and I'll say like, genuinely, how does this look? Mm-hmm. And I have a rule, especially if someone asks me, does this look okay? If there's something wrong that's fixable right here, right now, I'll tell you. If there's something wrong that is not fixable, I'm going to keep that shit to myself. because It's just going to bother you. I'm going to tell you. If you're not you able to fix it.
0: After the fact. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: Um, that's fair. What was I saying? Oh, yeah. If you're in like my close circle of people I surround myself with, I will... Mm-hmm you know, check in with people and say like, does this look okay? Like, give me your honest opinion. Mm -hmm. But I think outside of that, unless you're walking down the street in something that is very different to what you usually wear, or it's, you know, very eye grabbing, people don't usually offer their opinions unwarranted, I've found, which, you know, in theory, I have no, I have no problem with that. Mm -hmm. But I do get what you mean. It's nice every now and again, just to have like a, yeah, oh, I love this.
0: Yeah, yeah. For me, because I've not been in the scene that long, there is a bit of a competitive element to working in the village. So maybe it could be put down to that. If you give somebody a compliment, or you're kind of, because I will say some of the queens they just don't even associate with anyone. I've been I've been working and queens have brushed past me, actively not wanting to engage. But I don't know where that, why that is. I mean,
1: <laughs> so for me personally, I I love that you can walk down the street and just have a chat with anyone, you know, and just sort of see oh, people. What I love yeah. about it.
0: But that's how we engage. That's how I know yeah. about who you are and that I actually want to talk to you outside of work. <laughs> <laughs> but that said, I
1: am constantly running behind. I'm constantly late. Um and okay. so there are moments where Don't be I giving will...
0: these queens an excuse. <laughs> Don't be giving them an excuse. Just
1: just talking from my point of view, like there have been moments yeah. where I've been like, obviously rushing somewhere and someone stopped me to say like, mm-hmm. hi. And I just, I feel so rude saying, oh, I'm sorry. I'm I'm in such a rush. Like, blah, 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 I'll catch up on the way back because I'll be headed. Yeah. Like, it's usually from one end of the village to the other. Yeah. So I'll usually be coming up back that way anyway. Yeah. I
0: I think because you're a genuinely nice person. I try. And y- you are a genuinely nice person. Like, and I can see that. But when I have no examples of a a nice experience with someone, I find it difficult to back you up. Yeah. I just just think there is that, I think it comes down to this competitive element of, and it's not just in Manchester either. I've heard of Queen's being really competitive and a little bit, they kind of give Queen's a bit of the cold shoulder. I don't know.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, one thing that I will say is that like coming back to like the competition Mm -hmm. environment is that whilst I'm so grateful to have these people's feedback who i respect and i wouldn't necessarily like go out of my way to ask them because like i'm i, I don't know if i'm you know 100 percent confident uh-huh. doing that with them outside of a competition environment i am a very competitive person okay
0: okay but, like
1: competitive to a point that it like brings out parts of me that are new to <laughs> me let alone like anyone who's I've around me see that um <laughs> yeah that's for the best unless
0: you mean (laughs) mean performance wise because what i've seen the past few weeks has been like has been great and i've not seen because i've not seen you perform we very rarely see all those drag queens in the village we very rarely see each other work unless we go out of our way but i'm very much enjoying what i've seen so far
1: oh thank you yeah, no, I am. Um, I I mean more sort of like backstage I can be very I've noticed I can be very kind of like I'll just sit there with my arms folded, just like watching through from my little corner, not saying a single word, like not engaging with anyone, because I'm like, these yeah. aren't my friends, these are my competitors, which is, you know, it's not the
0: best thing. Do you know what? I think well the one thing that I will respect is on show day in the wing, backstage before a show, everybody has their own their own rituals and their own their own attitudes towards a show and that that is the only time I think I would respect any kind of bluntness because you need to get yourself in your own headspace and everyone has a different way of doing it I've known queens that have if I even say a word to them they go off they go off and you and it's just a it's just their own little way of dealing with the pressure and the and the um kind of I don't know inner excitement of of performance, So I don't think, I don't think you're bad for that. at all.
1: Yeah. Well, thankfully being, well, yeah, well, that's what I was going to say is that like, thankfully being in the competition and doing it weekly means that I get all of that energy out of my system so that now when I'm working, performing, whoever I'm performing with, I just get to enjoy what they're doing. Yeah. And especially like at um, the new alternative cabaret we're doing at the new union, um everyone brings such different stuff that like i don't feel threatened by anyone i don't feel, and that's not to say they're not you know also fierce performers
0: but there's no need to be threatened because you're working and they're working and you're getting paid so
1: exactly it's not a competitive environment i just get to enjoy what they're doing Mm -hmm. which is something that i like you know i appreciate that
0: yeah absolutely um, building off that a little bit, so is how have you found competing in drag different from working in drag in general?
1: Definitely a lot more critical. Okay. Because I think when you're doing a performance outside of a competition environment, for me anyway, I can go on stage and like slip or like not get my lip sync completely tight and be like, mm, that's all right, the audience are all bladded anyway. Yeah. Whereas like in a competition environment, I'm like, no, I, I mess this one tiny bit up that's what they're gonna like you know read me for right um and i can i can get like really in my head about it Uh um and i need to kind of catch myself every now and again but if i had the resources i feel like i would be a lot more of a perfectionist okay than i am at the moment because a lot of me letting things slide and being like oh yeah this isn't hemmed because I didn't have the time. Oh, I would have loved to stone this entire outfit, but I've only got like an accent on like one shoulder or something like that. It's because I can be at peace with the fact that like, I don't have the resources to do all that. I, th-
0: I don't think you're giving yourself enough credit though for how polished you are. And a- aside from that, aside from being, because I think you are very well put together. There's never a time when you come out and drag and I think, oh, that maybe could have done with that. Like, that, I don't know if that's just not the way I think, but I don't think that about you. Um, oh thank you I
1: appreciate that
0: yeah but I also don't think that there is an expectation as perfection well, like, I'm a perfectionist as well so there's always something that I could have done better but I, I think there is a kind of mutual agreement that's kind of unsaid that it's not all perfect especially in, in an alternative yeah. kinds of drag we would love to be the most perfect amazing untouchable person ever but what we do is gritty and what we do is yeah. isn't perfect. And I think that's what I actually like about it. And oftentimes when people slip and fall or they, an element of their drag drops is when you see them at their like core, how do they react to that? Yeah. How do they come back from that? If this isn't perfect, what are they doing that makes up for it? I think that's, that's what I love about it.
1: Well, something that I've, that I've noticed is that um, I'm really enjoying watching the new season of um, Drag Race Espana. Oh. Because. Oh. For exactly like that reason because you have some incredibly polished performers on there yep. who are giving. Visually, there is not a single thing out of place and then I'm trying to make this not come off as shady because I absolutely don't mean it as shady No, No, highest. no, no. But um, no names, no when shade. it comes to the lip syncs, yeah, exactly. When it comes to like some of the lip syncs, it's, entertaining and good fun because it's messy. yeah. And I don't mean messy in a bad way. I mean, messy as in like, it's so entertaining to watch yeah. because there's none of this kind of like, oh shit, I really can't like, I can't even like do anything out of place. Like there's no concern. yeah. So you as an audience member are completely at ease because the performer on stage is just fussed about having fun and giving a good performance. And I think that's what some other franchises of Drag Race are potentially missing is everyone is so concerned about being like perfect 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 and this extends you know like to myself I I think the same way I have to be like you know perfectly put together mm. and I think I could definitely do with being a little bit more like fuck it it's yeah exactly it's just a bit of fun
0: yeah I know I, this is exactly what I'm talking about with the lip sync is that someone hasn't done what they wanted to do and they've tripped and fallen not obviously me- metaphorically they've tripped and fallen at the task and it's what they do in those moments like some of the lip syncs that i see oh my god the crown a couple weeks ago viola i think viola is drag sister viola viagra she's fucking incredible i personally wouldn't wouldn't have put her in the bottom but it happened and what she did i
1: wouldn't have either
0: no <laughs> no no no, we don't stand by that. It's okay. We it's yeah, it is what it is. But it's what she did in that lip sync that made her image of herself in my mind even higher, even higher. Yeah. What she did, it was, I think it was I think it was Liza Minnelli Cabaret.
1: Yeah, it was Cabaret.
0: Oh my god. If someone was going to hand pick a song for Viola to lip sync to, it didn't matter who was next to her. She was not going home. She was not going home no. that week. No. Of course not fucking way but yeah it's it's I also think a lot of it is perception and a lot of it is the discretion of who's watching it like what is perfect what
1: like exactly at the end of the day it's subjective
0: yeah 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 do you have anything else to say on that (laughs) before I move on
1: oh I mean I just I just to bring it back to Viola like I remember watching that lip sync and just being like oh my god like (laughs) already it's like because they like to do this thing at the crown where they play like the the, the drag race soundtrack oh for when they're like, oh, who's who's gonna be in the bottom two? And I kid you not, it is so not fun when you're up on that stage because I don't know about anyone else. I the way it works is by like tokens when you're getting voted for, and it's 50% what the judges think and 50% how many tokens you have. And I'm not keeping track of how many tokens anyone else has. So in that moment, I'm like. Anything could yeah. happen, and it has been proven that anything could happen. And so, when you're up on that stage, and you, they do it in no particular order, one person's name gets called out, and then the next person, and then the next person, and then the next person, and the next thing you know, there's only four of you left on stage. But I remember the gag of just—I—I I was literally—I was looking at Viola, and I was saying, "Like, you got this girl. Like, you're not going to be in the bottom." I was literally, and I feel awful now. Because oh. I was looking her dead in the eye and being like, don't worry.
0: But see, I wouldn't... I, this is the thing, is that now there's kind of a there's kind of an an unspoken knowledge that no matter how good your performance was, you could end up in the bottom. So you just... It kind of should give you a little bit of ease in your performance because even if you're the best performer on that stage, you could still end up in the bottom because if one person brings like 50 people and they all buy tokens, they're in the top no matter what, and then you, you fall down the ranking. So perform as you can do your best and then if you can lip sync and that's what you're good at and you're fine absolutely fine yeah and especially she had i think it was the fact that she was so enthralled and enjoying what she was doing in the lip sync and it was so she left her heart on that stage and that to me Mm. isn't wasn't her being in the bottom because she was bad it was her being like I'm still performing. This is still part of my act. Watch what I can do. I'm still going to be here.
1: Yeah. It almost, to me, it felt like, and this comes back to what you're saying, is like when someone does trip and stumble, metaphorically in this sense, and how they deal with that, watching her reaction to like, oh, I'm in the bottom two this week. Right. Well, I'm going to put on a fucking show and prove to you why every single person in this room was wrong for putting me here.
0: Yeah exactly it's like hypothetically let's say you've done a performance regardless of that let's put you in a hypothetical situation where you've done badly in quotation yeah. marks and let's see how you deal with that and she did deal with that and then she she proved that it didn't throw her and it's just how you bounce back that's the the basic principle of of that thing yeah absolutely absolutely <laughs> So, obviously, with with The Crown, you've been able to do... You've had to come up with ideas every week, so... And I'd like to think that you're not scraping the barrel because you seem to be coming up with ideas that are very you and they've... Don't, fingers crossed me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But is there anything that you want to do with your drag that either you haven't been able to do or that you haven't just... You just haven't done yet?
1: So, I have... the, The way that The Crown's been working is that, for me, I feel like i am really working to bring an authentic performance to me to the themes that we get given okay um my favorite two weeks were the first two so like the heat and then week one because the heat it was like just bring a four minute performance of whatever that felt like authentically me and then the first week the theme was open-ended it was just royalty in the weeks leading up to that we've been so it's been decades week movie week and divas week um, divas week is this week uh-huh. so i won't let slip which diva i've got i found in those ones because they're so specific it is a lot harder to bring an authentic performance for me to that state i'm having to yeah. work a lot harder to make an authentic performance so what i found is that when i'm swinging in one direction with something that i would like never necessarily choose to do if i was just planning a regular number for just some show where i don't have any restrictions i yeah then like i end up making two tracks each week and two concepts for a number one for the crown and then okay. one that kind of balances me out and brings me to center so i've been doing that every week and i've been building up this sort of arsenal of numbers that are just really out there and really me but are just the total opposite yes. of what i've been
0: doing at the crown <laughs> I, I mean i think you've got the perfect the perfect formula for taking what has been asked of you taking something random that is in itself and at its core what you like to do and 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 what represents you and just kind of mashing it together I think what from what I've seen I think I missed one I think I missed the royalty week but from what I've seen even from watching it in chronological order from from the start of the number to the end of the number I can see that you're like okay I'm coming on stage tick the box for the theme and then it'll go off in this mad direction that is very Ramona, but you're still ticking the boxes of what the 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 judges are asking of you. And I think that in itself is what drag is. And yeah. at the end of the day, it's a performance that is very audience-based. So it's very like giving out content for, for a consumer. Um, yeah. So it's a very consumer-based job that we do. And I think you have the perfect formula for maintaining your identity while still living up to and ticking the boxes of the audience that you're doing it for well thank you i really think you do do you agree with me in that
1: i mean it's it's definitely a lot of work goes into it but yeah that's oh generally what i try to do and when i always find it like when people who don't necessarily know me or know the drag that i do and they just kind of like see a glimpse of me immediately the word alternative comes to mind and the way i describe myself is i think i am alternative that is palatable to a mainstream audience if that
0: makes sense but do you not think we've had to become more palatable because of the way the queer scene has shifted doing a full circle right back to the beginning yeah (laughs) of
1: oh we love a full circle moment
0: oh it's it's i love it i love it a circular (laughs) narrative but do you not think that we've had to kind of like we have to be palatable and cater to a different audience that necessarily doesn't really understand at all times the complexity of what we do. Uh, I think sometimes we can fall in the trap of dumbing down and watering down what we do, but I didn't think you do that.
1: I try not to, but what I will say is just on that note as well, I remember seeing on Shania Payne's story um, a video. I love Shania. So much time for her. But I remember seeing a video of her, out it was it wasn't in Manchester, I think it was in Liverpool, and it was some yeah. random drunk who was pointing at different parts of her and going, like, that's why I'll never be on drag race. Like you can see the bumps of your corset, and Michelle will read you, and it's like,
0: Girl, you have no idea what you're talking about. I have seen the video. I've seen the video. Yeah. And I that is why I, I can see. The the higher difficulty of making a performance palatable that already pushes the, the boat out into a direction that isn't supposed to be fully understood anyway. Like, who can you say? Because your performances reflect who you are. Can you say one yeah. person on the planet that knows you better than yourself? No. No. So no one should really know and understand your performance better than you. Yeah. So why are, we, why are we expected for everyone to fully get it?
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's as well, like, seeing that essentially stranger to drag,
0: uh-huh.
1: pointing out all these flaws in Shania, I was like, I completely, seeing that, I understand why people feel nervous and they want to conform and they want to come off the best and they want to be palatable. Yep. But for me, I think that the way that my reaction to that is to almost kind of, like, double down. Okay. And any time that someone tells me that I didn't like this bit of your performance, I'm like, right, well I'm, I'm amping that bit up tenfold. I'm doing just that. Exactly. That fuels a lot of like how I sort of steer the course of where Ramona is going.
0: At the crux of it all, although I need the valid although, although I think I need the validation and I do like to ask people, at the end of the day, I'm going to do whatever it is that I think that I see fit. Yeah. And I I think that's what I want to strive for more this year is doing what I want to do. And the next step for me this ties in perfectly with the end because my laptop is on 9% <laughs> 8%. What what I strive for next is taking it back stripping it right back why did i start what were my original intentions and objectives and just fulfilling that my the drag for me is for me and is supposed to be a reflection of what i have in my head on the outside and i want that i want that for myself and i think you have that
1: no i i really appreciate it especially coming from you i think it's especially like as you say there is a kind of competitive nature among like other drag queens and i think it's so great when we can just like let down that guard and just be like i think you're brilliant Uh huh. and i have like that's something that i definitely try to do if i go and see a performer who i don't know or maybe they do a similar thing to me that's not someone who i'm in competition with up there there are plenty of gigs plenty of gigs to share around yeah i can just Enjoy them and also like give them that validation that I would want. They have their own artistic vision, they have their own yeah. artistic voice, uh-huh. and that's theirs separate from yours. Like, if you're, yeah. you know, I found that like if I'm comparing myself to other queens and if I'm comparing other queens to me, that's on me. Yeah, I'm the one who's making the comparisons.
0: True, gorgeous way to round that up. Thank you for that. Yeah, <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna round up what is next for Ramona.
1: Well, I have a very exciting project in the works that I can't... Act, well, it's not in the works. It's all done and wrapped and all that. But
0: Well, this is going to be coming out in a couple of months. So is it something you can disclose? Is it coming out soon?
1: Hopefully, you will have seen me on uh, ITV's new, new as of April's, TV show, uh-huh. Romeo and Duet.
0: Oh. Um,
1: and then... Many more things on the horizon.
0: (laughs) Explain a bit about that. What is that? You can all watch it on ITV Player once it's on there.
1: So Romeo and Duet is basically, the premise is the voice meets blind dates. So there is a picker who has people come on stage and Uh sing, and they don't get to Uh see them. And if they decide that they want to see them, a little screen comes up, and then they've chosen that person. And then they'll go off and sing a duet together. And the whole premise is basically choosing your romantic partner based on singing ability. Oh, that's... And I just thought, that sounds camp. That
0: is absolutely gorgeous. That is gorgeous. Yeah. I'm convinced that if, if I went on that show, I would have met my boyfriend. Yeah. So Holly Spirit, gorgeous queen. Um, also my partner. Also works in the village as well. If you put me behind a screen and you had I had Holly on the other side of the screen singing, I would be like, get it up now. Get it up now. Aww. It will probably be will probably be <laughs> James at last. Or oh. have you seen Funny Girl? Yeah. Barbara Streisand and she sings My Man. Oh, <gasps> when he sings My Man, when I'm, oh, I, it just it just does things to me. <laughs> it just yeah. does things to me. <laughs> well, this is the whole
1: premise the show was going off of. Is that like it's such a niche in terms of TV anyway, and like dating on tv yeah it's such a niche thing that actually is probably quite relatable to a lot of people
0: very much so very much so i mean very early on in our relationship i'd serenaded him like five times before we actually got together like it's just <laughs> i love that so that is the next thing that's up for you and many more things in the future as well very exciting well thank you very much for being on the show thank you for having me oh it's been gorgeous it's been gorgeous <laughs> is there any final words that you have for the listeners before we wrap up
1: <laughs> i feel like this is my I feel like this is my drag race exit line um <laughs> god i have no idea bye
0: <laughs> no that's fine that's fine that's perfect all right well thank you very much and i will speak to you very soon
1: fabulous